Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and comics writer of the comic series Sacrifice, Laurent Vallez Jr., here to promote his upcoming third installment on Kickstarter. Welcome, Laurent. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. But uh, outside of my introduction, who is Laurent Vallez Jr., and what are you about? Uh, I am a 32-year-old Army vet. Uh, comic writer. I've loved storytelling and writing since, I mean, I've loved comics for most of my life, but uh, the act of writing and telling stories since I was about 18, um, you know, progressing there, doing like small stuff, wanting to make comics until I realized comics take money to make, and it took me a little bit to make enough money to do that. Um, had a web comic come out, uh, lasted for about 100 pages before finance stopped that. Um, had my little stint in the army, got out to pursue comics, um, mainly because you can only do so much when leave is restricted and you can't really go to conventions and meet the dudes and all that. Um, and here I am now. Uh, I am on my third installment, like you said. The art was just finished last week, so it's just being colored up and then lettering and then I'll, I'll be good to go. Okay, so what is your comic series Sacrifice about? So Sacrifice is a horror comedy series. Uh, the pitch is Hellboy meets Evil Dead. The superpowered host of Lucifer has two goals. To find allies that can help him stop Lucifer from bringing hell to Earth and to make enough money in fighting demons to keep the lights on. Okay, so what should readers expect um, from, I guess, in the third issue after reading issues one and two? So what are, okay, so I should reverse that. What, what are issues one and two about and what should readers expect for issue three? So uh, without going too into spoilers, uh, issue one uh, sets up the world. You get to see why it is that Damien, the main character, is tied to Lucifer, why it would bring about the end of the world. Um, You get to see through the eyes of a character named May, who is one of the other protagonists, what it's like for a person who has no connection to any of this supernatural stuff going on, because it's not knowledge to common people. Uh, It's very hidden underneath the surface. So as the reader, you and May go along the same journey of like, oh, what is all this stuff to people who see this as commonplace? So issue one kind of sets the stage for types of things to expect. Issue two, you get the rest of the main characters. Uh, You get to see how the people who function that world regularly work, and it kind of really dives you into what the plot line of the first arc will be. Uh, The first arc is scripted to be six issues. Um, so in that, you get to see our protagonist split into two groups, one of them finding out what's happening with this uh, evil cult, and the other two, which is what you'll see in issue three, is finding out more about the spell book that shows May, because her whole deal on how she got wrapped in this from being a normal girl to in here is an ancient and powerful spell book, shows her to be its master. Demons and certain forces were trying to get a hold of her because of that, and now you're going to find out a little bit about why and how some of the world works. Okay, um, could you elaborate a little bit more on your creative process on Sacrifice from just a thought in your head that you had that was inspired by, you know, Hellboy and Meets the Evil Dead to now uh, promoting it on Kickstarter, like publishing it, publishing it first, the first two issues, and then now promoting the third issue on Kickstarter? Of course. Uh, so the idea kind of came from like a lot of areas. There's certain things that like I've picked up from like, just media in general is like, oh, I like how certain things, how certain like 
shows or movies or whatnot like do this. I use Hellboy and Evil Dead because I really like horror comedy series. Uh, Hellboy is less on the horror, but it, it does definitely have that like supernatural like goofiness to it, especially if you read it. Um, not so much in the movies. And Evil Dead is just like goofy all the way through. I love the stuff where the main characters like, all right, the, the situation you're in is nightmarish. No one were going to be here, but because of how the main characters play it off, it can become play off as like entertaining for the reader. And I've always loved that type of stuff. So when I was writing like stories, and I was thinking about different things to write. Uh, that really stuck out to me. I was like, okay, I could try and write different things, but let me let me focus entirely on what my strengths are. Especially if I'm making a project that like, you know, people would pay for, they want something high quality. Instead of me being like, I, I'll experiment with things later where like I want to write for now. It's like, what do I know I can do well so that people, you know, are like, hey, I want to support, I want to buy it. I feel like they can get their money's worth and enjoy it. And from what I heard from the reception, people have liked it. So I guess my my next question would be is how difficult was it or if it even or if it even was difficult for you with world building for this like demons and like literal hellraisers you know people that want to bring lucifer to the surface in in end all mankind it's not really an original idea but how did you design and structure sacrifice so it stands alone as yours in your world and not someone else's because as i was reading it um, it's definitely something that I'm into, stuff that I write as well. I write a lot of my own urban fantasy, not horror, but my urban fantasy is kind of mixed with action adventure and a little bit of comedy in it. It's like they're just how, just like how you explained it, how you know, um, with the evil with um the evil dead, um, about how they're in this like horrific situation, but they still find the humor in it in a way. So that's kind of how like my characters are in their environment. It's kind of like you kind of have to find the humor in it or you'll die. That's just like a like a coping mechanism kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. So how how does your world set apart from others in a way, even though you've taken bits and pieces or you were inspired by other works from other people? So I try and do that by making that fine line at inspired by. If you read the series, there's very clear lines like, oh, he was inspired by this and that. But outside of like nods to it, I don't like fully go into it. Like there are characters like uh, a Van Helsing is is in the series. Like that's uh, from Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I had the name there because like in the way I made this world is like everything exists. Because I, I hit a certain point where I was limiting to a couple of things. And I was like, let me just have some fun with it. Elves, leprechauns, uh, Van Helsing, like everything you can think of. So Van Helsing's there, but if you read his character, I'd be shocked if anyone could find like anyone else from like any type of like Dracula type. Um, like hey, like hey, this is a Dra- somewhere in the Dracula mythos that was anywhere like it. Like I, I, the name is there, but they're their own people. I, it's just not there, just kind of like flush out the world a bit more. Um, not just as that, but like when I get into you'll see a bit more of it in issue three when you get more into magic three and four especially um but i i have my inspirations there and i have a lot of things where it's like all right everything's dictated on my story my uh, my uh, characters and how they proceed and a lot of it's kind of built around not built around them because i want the world to be fleshed out and believable but nothing's ever really tied to that it's more so people who are uh how do I mean? people who live in this world is like vibrant but you they're all doing believable things and because it's more so focused on that 
you see how they're reacting things versus like, oh, this is he he got this from Dracula. That's why all this stuff is happening. Or oh, he got this from uh, what's something else? Uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein's name dropped too. I was like, but even then, that's just a name drop. It's not something that dictates the story. So I feel like that gives me a lot of freedom because like, hey, there's a little inspiration. There's been a little nod, but it doesn't go past that into the plot is dictated by these things. It's like you're not trying to pretend like the stuff doesn't exist. Like, yeah, we all know about, you know, the famous hunter Van, Van Helsing. We know about leprechauns. We know about the Fae. But, you know, that stuff is like it happened and and it exists. But in this, I guess, in this particular city, in this particular instance, this is what we're focusing on right here. So, I mean, I, that's why I like, it's not like pretending like the stuff doesn't exist. And what I also like about it is that you kind of don't drag it out in a way, like a lot of the scenes or action sequences, the stuff is not dragged out too much. Like, you know what's happening and then it's action panels. And so you don't need a lot of the script in there or I should say dialogue, but it gets kind of to the point in a way. Cause there was one scene where, um, I guess one of the bad guys was about to give a speech and sacrifice just cut him off. He's like, there's no need for that. There's no need for that. We already know what you're up to. Just, sh- just show me where I need to go. So I, I kind of appreciated that as well. And, um, and I think it was issue two. Yeah. But, um, so switching gears a bit, how was your experience searching for cap- collaborators and how did you know that they were the right people for this job? Uh, so it all starts with my, uh, artist uh uj chen who i found him through a facebook group it's facebook colorist for hire which you know you put on your post and then you know if people are interested they'll respond if they're not it wasn't for this it was a project that i was doing before this but i ended up like stopping to focus on sacrifice and i i kind of put out hey here's what this is here's my plan blah 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 and i had like a hundred and something comments uh, it's not just colors i know they mentioned the name of the group it's colors and artists and all that and I was like, wow, okay, this is a lot. And I looked through everyone's portfolio. I narrowed it down to the three whose art style was like, this is what I, uh, this is what I want to work with. Because I had an idea for how I wanted this to be. I wanted to have like something that if you saw us in stores and you didn't see like a Marvel, DC, IDW or not, like you, you just see a comic there and you'd be like, this is a professional thing I'd see in stores. So I narrowed it down to three. And after that, I kind of like did my own little interviews with each of them because I have all the faith in like myself and then if I can get like a good team a good team together, like we can push for it and get picked up and or at least if not get picked up by publisher and like go far self-promoting. Um and when I talked to them, I one of them honestly I, I couldn't remember what their answers were, but I was like, okay, you know, so you you do this for time. The other one did it very much for a job. But then UJ was like me in the sense of everything he wants to do he wants to make sure he's constantly getting better he wants to put out fantastic work and have his name tied to it like it's always about getting better and and striving for that and and getting in the industry it was also his dream and we just matched up on so many things for like what i see not specifically for a part of it for like myself because i hold myself at a very high standard for what i want to put out and he was the exact same i was like nailed it uh so i picked him up uh colorist same website um the person who I actually picked is not who I have on this. The one who's on this project um, was like a close second 
it was just for what I was trying to do with that story, I felt like that coloring style was a bit more of a fit. And then I switched over this project and he was, you know, a pleasure to talk to. He also kind of knew what he was talking about as far as a professional manner, picked him. And then my letter, I think uh, I had a different letter at the time, but there was a schedule conflict. I was like, I can't make this work. And I found someone else on Kickstarter who uh, they had just learned something. I was like, I like the lettering on this lot because I pay a lot of, lot of attention to, to that at times because you can have a great book, but the lettering will kill it. Reached out to him is uh, Lucas Catoni, and it's been a pleasure working with him ever since. So you don't have to answer this. I've just a question that came to my mind. Um, with everything included, as far as like, um, hiring people and then printing goes and then promoting it. How much does how much does it cost to publish a comic? Like so, that depends. Because um, a lot of it comes down to your art team and how much you want to do. Uh-huh. You could like you could go cheap on certain things, like hey okay, I could get some type of software to uh, to edit, or not to edit, to like letter and all that and do my own lettering, or hey, I could learn some coloring or flattering and do my own stuff. Um, I wouldn't advise that. There's people who can do it and can do it very well. Um, there's people who, who do it and it comes out all right, but all right isn't what I'm looking for. Um, so to answer that, it would really depend on how you want your book to come out looking. There's that saying, you get what you pay for. The people who are the higher price talents are typically worth those prices for a reason. So uh, you could, there's people out there who could probably spend as little as like maybe a grand or two uh, on their comic, depending on how much they need done. You know, even if, like if it's a black and white book, that already calls, cuts off like a lot of price there. Or you could go like all out, like I'm hiring the best team I could find from highest price people just to make sure I, you know, get with the quality I want and be in like the, you know, upper thousands. Uh, so like for mine specifically, uh, about 5,000 an issue. Um, but there, there's a lot of ways that that could go depending on what people want to do. Okay, so advice. What advice would you offer to other artists you wish someone would have told you when you first started? That can be um, writing comics, that can be looking for artists. Like, man, had I known, I'd have went this route instead of going this route. Or even as far as knowing um, the budget-wise and how much to pay, like how much is too much or how much is too little. So uh, there's a couple of ways to answer that. As far as like the budget part, that would come down to your own job and what you value most because you could you know if someone's like if you're like hey man i found these fantastic artists i feel like it'd be perfect for me these little pricey if you feel like it could be perfect for you and you can afford it fine like don't put your don't like put so much into your comic that you can't pay your own bills like you know there you know know where where the line is and if you can make things work and stay inside that line then then do whatever you think is right even if it's like hey this guy's more expensive this one's cheaper and it kind of fits the style a lot more. Go with that guy, whatever works there. As far as advice, I wish someone told me when I was uh, at the beginning, uh, start small. Uh, a lot of people, when they're like, oh man, I have this grand story I want to write. 
and uh, it could be like 50 issues. I'm like, no, no publisher is going to pick up a first-time writer for 50 issues. Uh, so the best thing you want to do is start small. It's easier to like kind of really get that put out and start building a fan base with like a, a, a shorter project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also helps a lot with pacing. Uh, do I have that book? I, I, there, there's a book, The Art of Comics Book Writing, which is like a Bible for me. There's a lot of things I learned while writing that I was like fumbling and messing up with and I was working with other like r- like artists and they were like, uh, could you do this, do this? Because I, I just didn't know how to script. Um, I remember my first artist I worked with, I just kind of gave her a word document. I was like, here you go. She's like, I, I know I need, a, I, need, I need a script. And I, I, she helped me out a lot. Um, but yeah, so start small. I read that book. I know it's yellow and white on the cover uh art of comics writing uh, aside from that um starting with like a one-page story to a four-page story to like a something where it would be no longer than the length of an issue like 18 pages the big reason for that is pacing is very very important um and if you can learn proper pacing then you can write a very solid story if you're starting with something that's like okay i'll, I'll use my first arc for example if you start with something six issues and you haven't like written anything consistently for a bit, you don't really understand how much space you need for certain things, how many words can fit on a page, uh, how many panels you need to like get across the scenes you need to. And that's something you only really get with experience of doing it because it, it's, it's a very unique process scripting and planning out a comic that until you started doing it, you don't really get. Like where I'm now, like issue three, I'm much more firm in how I like doing things and how I want things. Issue one, up until that point, all I had done was a webcomic. And that's a whole different beast to tackle, jumping from webcomics to like doing, you know, traditional printed comics, because now your page count matters. When I was doing webcomic, it didn't matter. I could just write whatever I wanted to. But now it's like, okay, well, I need to know where my page turns. I need to do this. So doing that type of practice would help tremendously for someone who's like i'm interested in comic writing or even if they had started writing comics but haven't really done too much it is it is significant to have that experience under your belt especially when you're like all right now i'm at the point where i want to hire a team and put out a product okay so my last question for you laurent is what is your idea of success so i asked that to pretty much everyone um because if you're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue, you know, from your art, we're considered failures or we'll consider ourselves failures, right? Many of us will put our dreams on a back burner or give them up altogether because this career can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? Uh, for me personally, it's putting out a project or putting out a comic that like this is my name on it. Like I worked on it. My team worked on it. And people read it and enjoyed it. Like there, there's, there's certain people who are like, oh, I want to get picked up by a publisher. Like, because there's steps for success for me. I'd like to, so I could have a higher reach. But ultimately, that's not the uh, make it or break it. I've, in my term, in my own definition, I've reached the type of success I want. Now it's going to the next step of it. Like the ultimate one would be, you know, I, I'm not my ideas aren't that grand. That like, oh, you know, Netflix show or not. Like, you know, hypothetically speaking, that would be a level of success for me. Um, but right now, let's just say I made enough to like get my comic out, like the full story, not just the first arc, um, didn't go super far, like with, as far as, you know, going to TV shows or all that stuff, all that jazz, 
but people read it, enjoyed it, that would be more than enough for me. In fact, where I'm at right now, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with everything. And my next step, step is getting issue six out because that way I can have a finished arc and not just someone read a comic and like it, but they read a full story arc where, where you see where these characters go and decisions they have to make and they found that enjoyable. So what is the plan as far as releasing the issues? Did you plan on doing like, what, like one a, one a year or maybe two a year to get, because you already did two and then doing two more. Is it plausible? Is that something that you maybe you want to do or can do of getting two issues out a year to complete that arc? The six issue yeah. arc? So uh, issue three, the art for it's done. We're taking a small break because I had some personal stuff come up. But uh, we'll be picking up issue uh, for, I think, June 1st was the start date for that. But, yeah, right now, uh, it was two issues at the end of last year. It was going to be three this year until some some things happened that, you know, kind of took my attention away, which is why we're taking that break. But right now, we're doing two issues this year and then, for sure, two issues next year. Is it going to be two issues a year every year? Uh, maybe. If the comics pick up in a way where, like, the finance, like, the campaigns can, like, pay for the next one, like, I'm kind of hoping for it to become self-sustaining, then I'd, my, ideally, I'd want to put out uh, three issues a year. Uh, after issue six is done, I already have the full second story arc planned. It's just about, like, scripting the individual issues. Uh, at that point, after six, I have another comic that I do want to write. Uh, that one will only be a three-issue one. So at that point, I'd probably swap back and forth between what was dropping. But I do fully intend to consistently be putting out comics for as long as it's, you know, financially feasible because it's, you know, it's what I love doing. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to touch on about Sacrifice Issue 3 or the series as a whole that I may have missed? Uh, all I'll say is that, if, you know, like I said in the earlier pitch, if you do like stuff that's like comedy and horror, like even vaguely, I'd, I'd, I'd at least check out uh, the first issue. I think it's, I think I have it for like three bucks um, on the digital website, which you can find that on like my own Twitter link, uh, which my Twitter handle is uh, always be evil underscore between each word. And yeah, if you like it, I could highly, I can guarantee you'd like, you know, what comes to follow because issue one is a good like, setting the stage and then issue two and three is just going to go for it mm -hmm. all right again i want to thank the creator and comics writer of the comic series sacrifice laurent Valles jr here to promote his upcoming third installment on kickstarter i highly recommend our listeners to give laurent's kickstarter a look share and back if they can when it launches fully it's in a pre-launch stage right now all of Laurent's socials and website to purchase the first two issues will be listed in this episode's details alongside the pre-launch Kickstarter link. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdwreck Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.